Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello and welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan and I'm so excited to welcome you to this episode of our podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate all the love and feedback we're getting on the podcast. As always, I'm joined by the fabulous Regold. Hi, Re. Hey, Stacey, how's it going? Really well. Isn't it exciting now that we're kind of off and running and we're getting lots of great feedback? It's really nice for it just to be not just us talking from other sides of the world, but instead uh, being able to share that with so many people. I'm loving the feedback as well. And, and you know, I didn't know how much I would enjoy this. So kudos goes to you for pushing me to make this happen and I'm really glad that we did it. Certainly. Today we're talking about summer programs and we did an episode, um, episode eight back in April that was about summer programs in terms of summer camps and small events that you can put on for your summer. But today we're going to kind of change tactics a little bit and talk about things that are a bit more intensive, things that are a bit longer and things that take a little bit more planning in the hope that um, if you don't have something organised for this summer that you can put something together together or if you are already organized for this summer then this might give you some ideas of something that you can pull together for next summer that sounds like a plan you're ready to roll let's do it uh, summer happens for us in australia december january which is quite different to you guys so all of the australian listeners will have their pens and paper ready so that they can get sorted for next summer but tell us, Ree, what does summer normally look like um, for you on your side of the world? Summer, usually our studios finish their seasons in May and June. And believe it or not, uh, studios can go back into operation anywhere from the 1st of August through the first week in September. It depends on where you are in the country. Some people go back before what we have is our Labor Day. And where I'm from, we're in the Northeast Corridor. We don't usually go back until after Labor Day. So that's a bit of a stretch of time for studio owners to make sure that they're able to pay the rent and making sure that something's going on at the studio. So they keep the interest of the local community and, and the kids that have been enrolled in one season, making sure that they're going to be there for the following season. It's quite a bit of a break. It is. But I, it used to be, at least here, that you know dance teachers would close for the summer, but there are so many opportunities out there that I see many more uh, not continuing, let's say, their regularly scheduled classes, but different options. And those different options are potential to bring in new students for the fall season. So it's a win-win if you can pull it off. Absolutely. So we talked before about summer camps and shorter programs and things that you can do in your studio. But when it comes to doing something that's a little bit a little bit more meaty, a little bit beefier, where can we start when we're talking about doing something a bit more intensive? Okay, so when I think of the word intensive, just to make a clarification for our listeners, I think of the kids that are in the studio more than once a week. They're either your competitive kids or your kids who are into the ballet program. They're the ones that are dedicated. So in today's discussion, I'm going to focus in on that, that particular group. Awesome. 
So I look at it as when I'm going to do a summer program for these intensive dancers, I don't want it to be a repeat or so similar to what we do all year long and, and bring in the same faculty and just kind of condense it into a week or how many days somebody does it. I, I want to make it something special and different. I, I, I think it's a opportunity with these kids who dance so much for them and us to explore new concepts related to dance and, and work on the whole dancer. So this may not be the name that our listeners end up with, but this gives uh, an idea of what it is that my thought process is. So dance is my life intensive is what I'm going to call this. Oh, I like that. You like that? I'm I happy do. you like that. Well, there's so I many was, of our students that that's exactly that's exactly what it is. Dance is their life. If they could, we, if they could get a key and a sleeping bag, they would live at the ballet studio. True. So it is their life, and let's focus on that for them. And I want to make note, at least for our uh, North American listeners, what we're about to talk about. I think actually can enhance the learning experience for your kids. And at the same time, when so many programs here go out and hire master teachers, which, which is usually expensive in the transportation, and we want the best for our kids, so we spend the money. But what we're about to talk about today is maybe a little less of that and some other things that'll enhance the kids education without having to go that far and actually come home with a little profit when the event is over. Oh, we love that. All right. So I, I, I say to our listeners, think to yourself, what are kids or teens currently into? And so Immediately to my mind is dance on TV or YouTube dance stars. And whether we approve of them or disapprove, it, it doesn't matter for this. I, I look to my dancers and I say to them, here's something that I do within the program, that they gather a video or a few videos on the dancer that stands out to them, like this year, their favorite dancer, whether it's YouTube, TV, Dancing with the Stars, or so you think. And, and they have to now tell the room what that dancer makes them feel, what the choreography makes them feel, and express why they're so into that dancer. Also, I think that we should say to them, well, what is it that you think that that dancer should work on? Are there any, anything that you notice technically or as a dancer that they could work on? Not only is this teaching them to express their feelings and express how dance makes them feel or this dancer makes them feel in front of their peers, it's also making them have an analytical eye when it comes to dance. So that's one concept. Now, I can take the same concept because they're, they're very much into YouTube. And I could say that 
one of the things that I'm going to do in my program is give them a historical dancer. Uh, it could be Fred Astaire, it could be Martha Graham. They get, they're going to all get a historical dancer, and I'm going to give them an hour to do research, go on YouTube, find videos, find out as much information on that dancer, and they present that to the rest of the class. I love that. I, as you were talking about it, I was getting excited as if I was the student <laughs> getting to do it myself. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, and and so what realize here that that this is more than a dance class. This is immersing these kids who want to be dancers in dance in a new way. But I have more, so I, I want to share that with you. So kids love to make videos. So I feel like one really cool thing that I could do is to have them all sit down, ask them the question, what does dance mean to you? Or what does dance make you feel? And they have to give you an answer in 30 seconds or less, or it could be one minute or less. We record all of them on audio. We take what, what I refer to as B-roll, but our footage would be the kids in class dancing. And at the end of the week, they go home with this video of them and their classmates all talking about what dance means to them. And they produce this video and it's a really cool concept they'll be excited about having been a part of. They're all gonna go home and share that video on their social media pages. So it's a win-win for everybody. Oh, absolutely. And you touched on so many things, Ree, from within that program idea that you might think of as a dance teacher and go, that would be really cool to do with my students, but when am I going to fit that in between competitions and rehearsals and getting ready for recital and everything else that we have in our normal season? There really just isn't time to be able to go to that level of um, understanding for the kids, especially when it comes to dance history. So having a summer program where you actually get the opportunity to put time aside and delve into that, not only will it be great for the kids and give them a really well-rounded education, but it'll be great for you as well as a teacher to have that satisfaction that you've actually gone that extra step and being able to bring an extra element to the kids' learning. I love it. Yes, and I think they would love it. Yeah, definitely. So, so um, here's some other concepts, and people who are listening might say, well, where would I find these people? So before I go into the concepts, I want to say they may be right within your school. Put it on your Facebook page that you're looking for some of these people, and you'll be surprised who will come forward. So I, I, I would like to probably bring in, if I can, a person who specializes in team building, mm -hmm. working, working with kids on team building, could even be somebody from a sports program within our community. And I'm going to have a class during this week on team building. No movement at all, team building. I also think that this is a point where we could bring in a nutrition person. Yep and zero in on this factoid that kids need to know more about. So important. I think it's also because some kids are intimidated by this, but in the, in the atmosphere or culture of the summer program, they'd probably be more apt to participate, a voice and an acting person to come in and work with the kids. Yep, definitely. Meditation and yoga. 
also, I, I, I like to throw this out there. If I want to be a dancer, I need to know all dance, or I feel like I should know all dance. So I'm going to take this as a chance to introduce the kids to something different that they normally do. Maybe I'm going to bring in a teacher to do Bollywood with them. Oh, Maybe fun. Latin. So, so during this week, it's going to be things they're going to explore that they've never done before. And, and I, this is a little deeper, but when it's new for everybody, they're all equal. It's not like they're taking this summer camp or this summer program and the same kids are the stars. When you do other things, you do uh, voice and acting, you do some of the video and the research that we were talking about, other kids will shine in this program because mm. you don't have to be the strongest dancer. And it just gives them another opportunity to step up. And for you to see a whole new side of a student that you perhaps wouldn't get the opportunity to see yes. in a normal season. I love that. Yes. And I even have a cool, like I could do a class and call it with dan call it dancing with the stars. It's really ballroom. I just need a ballroom teacher, but it's their dancing with the stars class. And how much fun would they have, especially if you have boys. Yep. Taking that class. Another thing that I, I, I've done with adults and kids is creating dream boards. And so kids can either find words in magazines or stickers and photos that represent where they see themselves in five years or 10 years and create those dream boards. If they're there for five days, it could be like we spend 15 minutes each day on the dream board and it's complete at the end. And maybe we share that with each other. That's so great. Again, something we wouldn't have time for in normal um, class, but we're teaching not just dance in that context. We're teaching, you know, life skills for kids to be able to envision their future <laughs> and just have the opportunity to even just think bigger than, than oh, I love it. It's great. I'm all about and it. I'm writing all the notes, right? <laughs> awesome. I, I, I want to say... Um, you know, I use the word earthy crunchy a lot. And, and I wish that we'd get a little more earthy crunchy and think about the mind, body and soul of the kids that we, that we get the chance to do during the season when they're learning their choreography and they're learning their technique and they're balancing their academics and all that they have on. I look at the summer as an opportunity to like rejuvenate their soul, just like a dance teacher would go do for themselves, not to come in and do the same thing that they do all year long. That's so great, Ray. So once you've got this great program developed and it sounds awesome, I'm, you know, signing up already. I wish I was 15 again. <laughs> How do we promote this to uh, not only our community that we have our dance community, but the greater community? Is that something, is this something that you offer not just to your own students, but to, to other dance students or um, how do you go about marketing it? I'm going to answer you that there's no right or wrong. I feel like if I put this together and I had a good enough program, I, and I had the room, 
I would open it up to other students from other studios. Maybe I don't do that publicly. Maybe I call some teachers that I know really well and say, hey, here's this program that I'm going to run this summer. I'd like you to consider sending some of your advanced kids or kids that you think would would benefit from the program. Um, I don't know that uh, I would close it off to just my kids unless it was um, because of the number of kids that I have in the room because you don't want to overpack something. Yeah, definitely. But I, I want to add something to that. You Let's say a kid comes to your summer program from another school. That must never be considered in your mind an opportunity to solicit that kid to come to your school. Because if you want to do summer programs and open them up to other people and benefit from the financial gain, then the teachers who send their kids have to trust that you're not, I think you, do you call it poaching over there in Australia? <laughs> yes, we do. You do, you do. <laughs> Um, soliciting the kids. Otherwise, don't. Keep it closed because all you're doing is creating uh, trouble. If I'm going to have a summer camp in my studio that's open to everybody, all I'm thinking about is, wow, that's 10 more kids paying for the summer camp, and that's my profit. And it's really important to make sure that message goes throughout your faculty as well. I kind of got into trouble in one of the first years of my business in that I – you know, integrity is one of our goals. It's one of our values. It's very important to me. And the poaching and soliciting of other students is just an absolute no-no. I had a summer intensive program and I invited anyone and everyone to come along. And whilst I was very strong on the message of, of course, we don't mention the other the kids from the other schools, um, you know, possibly changing over or there's just no mention of any of that behavior. I didn't really ran that home to everyone on my faculty that year. And so it was mentioned by a teacher when I wasn't in the room. And then there's no way of coming back from that because I was mortified obviously and apologized to the child and the mother, but it's already happened and it's happened in my building and it's happened, you know, as part of my program and, and I have to live with that now. And it, you know, it's, it doesn't sit right with me. Um, internally and so just a, a hint and a, and a tip to other teachers please make uh, sure that you communicate that really well with your teachers and know that the person who said that though I wish that they they had the knowledge that that wasn't cool but the person who said that may have been thinking they were helping you out oh absolutely yeah it's, and <laughs> it's it's such a quandary to be in and and uh, yeah i guess we take it for granted that she'd know not to do that but that wasn't what she was thinking at the time so your point is well taken mm. i also want to while we're talking about communication and faculty when it comes to having uh new teachers in your space which you quite often do when it comes to summer programs you might get guest teachers come in or master teachers that you bring in from other cities Having documentation around that um, process is a lesson that I learned the hard way. So I would encourage um, any dancers that had moved away from my area, if they would come home at summertime, no matter where they danced and, and they wanted work, I would include them in our lineup for our summer dance intensive. 
And I never really put documentation around that except for the, you know, the email of saying, Hey, do you want to come and teach? Yeah, no worries. What day, what time? You know, I just made the assumption that they knew what would be an appropriate dance class to come and teach my students. And I, you know, would open the door um, and let them in and, and off they would go. And 99% of the time that worked beautifully. And the 1% of the time that it didn't work very well, it really came back to bite me. So what I learned from that situation was uh, just a one-page contract that outlines what is appropriate in, in my opinion for my school um, and in my studio, just so the guest coming in is on the same page. And the example I'll give is, they, um, a guest teacher came back, they'd been studying full time in Melbourne. So they were very hip and very cool. And they said to the kids, um, okay, we're going to take our hair out now and we're going to dance. And then you could insert the rest of the sentence here. I'm not going to say it, but in a way that was completely inappropriate, um, for the age of the kids, they were 12 and 13 and the parent phone calls I received after that class. And of course I, I was in the next room teaching the junior kids. So completely oblivious to what was going on. That was a really big lesson for me and a really big learning in the, in the first years of my business to not only communicate what is appropriate and what is not appropriate in your studio, but also when you're having guests come in, being able to monitor what's going on in that room and not just crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. Yes. I hope other people can learn from my mistake because that was, that was a big one. Yes. So you, there's two points I want to bring up based on what you just said. I agree with you 100% there, but here is a point. If you bring in these people, don't think of your summer program as your time off. If you bring in these people, this is your time to learn with your kids. Go in and watch how they teach, what they teach, how they interact with your students. Be surprised the students that they pull something out of that maybe you can't. And and take this summer program that you create as as you're, you're taking it and learning as well from all these people that you're bringing in for your kids. And here's, I want to go back to that point that you were just talking about, which was uh, making sure the faculty person or master teacher understands the philosophy of your school, etc. Another thing that I would be cautious about is if they come in and they set choreography for you, that you write that it has to be original choreography, and that it has to be that you can use that choreography or change that choreography to suit the needs of your dancers. Yes, so important. And, and, and this has nothing to do with this, but it also should be in our faculty contracts or agreements that the choreography is what a part of what they're being paid for in their hourly wage. So that if you have some sort of a disagreement with a faculty person, they can't say, well, I don't want my choreography being done in this competition or in your recital. And we don't necessarily cover that in our agreements. So for me, it's all choreography is included in your teaching wage. Mm-hmm. Yep. So important. So I feel like we got really off track. 
ask me any any more questions about <laughs> intensive programs. We got off track, but it's important not only for those intensive teachers, um, but as for your normal faculty as well. But how many times have we had a master teacher come into our studio and teach a piece of choreo- choreography that we've seen on YouTube or on Instagram? 400 times being taught around the country for the six weeks leading into your intensive. I find that so infuriating, especially because lots of these people charge through the roof for their services. I'm, I'm in agreement with you. And it's as simple as saying it must be original. Yep. And you get it in writing and then it's, then it's done. It's done. And they, they have to uh, concentrate on the fact that that is what you requested. Yeah. So I wanted to just mention, Re, when it comes to summer programs, I used to have a lot of trouble. Well, not a lot of trouble, but I kind of went through a bit of a dip. In the first couple of years of my studio, I had summer programs that were really well attended. I had lots of people from the dance community, not just my students that would come. I would get um, new teachers to come in from out of town and we're in a small country town. So getting people from the big city was a really big deal. And I used to promote it that way. And it was a very exciting time. And then I think the novelty wore off a little bit. And I had a couple of years where it was really hard. Like it was really hard to get kids to get off the beach and to come into the studio during the summer for this, these programs that I thought were, you know, really high quality and that they were going to get a lot from. And I made a rule a couple of years ago that has really served me well in terms of making budget for these events because they are expensive to put on and it is your summer break and you don't want that resentment to build up that, hey, you would like to be on the beach too or having some time for yourself and yet instead you're putting on this event for only three people to turn up. I decided that all of my performance students, so in my intensive competition students that would be enrolling for competition for the following season that the summer dance intensive was the first piece of that puzzle that in order to be on my competition team, they needed to attend a summer dance intensive, if not mine, then somebody else's. And that that was the beginning um, foundations of their training for the year. I also promoted it to the parents as a great opportunity for team building. So it's not just that they're going to come in and they're going to, you know, work on their technique and keep them in shape in that summer break, but also that this is the first opportunity we have to have everybody in the room at the same time for them to get to know each other, for them to bond as a team, and that hopefully that experience would lead us, you know, service well as we um, head into the competition season. So for people who are looking to put on something like this, but thinking, am I going to get the numbers through the door? By all means, give your customers plenty of notice that this is going to be something. You could even wrap the cost of this event into the season charges if you wanted to kind of add on an extra month or or however it works um, for your budgeting. But just making it something that everybody needs to be at in terms of competition. We, of course, also then have lots of recreational kids that join us for the event as well. But I just found that that was a really good way of knowing, okay, well, if I know I'm going to have this many kids in the door, then I'm, you know, I'm only six kids off making budget rather than being 26 kids off making budget. Right. So I agree with everything you just said. I, I, I would like to say this, though, and maybe you think I'm being sarcastic, but I say make the program so awesome and so different that they don't want to miss it. And mm. here's, a, here's a psychology trick. 
you don't say to kids, oh, in order for you to be on the team, you have to take the summer program. Here is what you say. You say, wow, now that you're on the team, you get to take the summer program. Awesome. I love that. It's, I feel that way when I say to teachers, uh, teachers will say to me, I can't get my kids to like ballet. I can't get them to, to be enthusiastic in the ballet classes. And then I say, well, when it's time for ballet, what are you saying to your kids? Are you saying, hey, you guys, it's ballet time. We're going to do this, this, and this. Or are you saying, okay, you guys, it's time for ballet. Come on. It's time for ballet. Yeah. (laughs) I I think what we're really thinking, even if we think it's in our subconscious, is coming out and we lead the kids in a direction that we're not really meaning to do. Mm, So important. You you get to take this camp. And then think of it that way. You're you're creating this really cool thing that's going to make them so good. So you're telling them the absolute truth. Yeah. Awesome. Again, a fabulous chat, Ray. Have we missed anything? I don't think we have. But this was a blast. I'd love to get feedback from what people have planned for their summer. You can hit us up um, on Ree's Facebook page because we would love to hear about how you're doing it. And um, we would love to share that with our listeners as well. Awesome. We've had lots of people leave us rating and reviews and that's really helped us when it um, comes to iTunes. We are four people off 1,000 subscribers, which is a big number that we're so super stoked to be hitting. If you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, please make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That will help us share the love of the podcast all around the world. I think we can do those four really quickly. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Confidence, confidence in who we are and what we believe is right. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a great summer program and enjoy the journey. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 